Good evening. It is certainly good to see each of you here tonight. Uh, if you're visiting with us tonight, we're honored to have you here with us. Today at our congregation, we are focusing our minds and our efforts around our mission points domestically and around the world. Uh, tonight, and on behalf of your mission committee, I'm honored to, uh, to let you know that tonight's format will be a little different. Uh, we have prepared a presentation tonight that we think will be the best opportunity uh, to give you a glimpse into every one of our mission points in a very concise narrative and with visuals on the screen for you to follow along. Uh, I also encourage you to make sure that you check out all of the booths and information that you can in the lobby uh, and that you've taken every opportunity today uh, to learn about each of our mission points. We're blessed here with our mission committee uh, and with our elders uh, who have a concern for souls, not only within our own congregation, but the world over. Uh, and so each of us have a part that we can play in that, uh, that we can do to help spread the gospel and the good news of Christ around the world. Uh, tonight we'll begin, Kevin Bass will be reading the first half of the narratives uh, for the mission points that will be on the screen, uh, and then I will be reading the narratives for the second half. After that, Daniel Nordstrom, a member of our mission committee, uh, will be delivering the invitation. Scott Owens reports that this year will be our 18th stateside campaign and we'll be heading to mid-state Kentucky. There will be uh, conducting a dual campaign with the Mercer County Church of Christ in Haroldsburg, Kentucky and the Lawrenceburg Church of Christ in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Bill Dayton, minister for the Mercer County Church of Christ, and Bert Payton, the minister for the Lawrenceburg Church of Christ, will be working with us. David Shannon and Wayne Miller will be rotating speaking at both congregations. Each of these congregations has a membership of around 60, and they are very excited about the upcoming missions campaign. This area is very fertile ground where we've had much success on past campaigns. It's part of the country where the restoration movement began in the early 1800s. Hopes are that we can visit the historic old Cane Ridge Meeting House while there. And how ironic that we now have to go up there for a mission campaign in what was once such a booming area for the church. Mike Kibbe and Scott Owens will be heading our campaign there. The congregations are only a 20-minute drive from each other, so we'll be dividing up into two teams and sending 50 people to each congregation throughout the week to door knock in the community. Our hopes are to knock on 7,000 to 8,000 doors. Because of our history of recent successes in this area, our hopes are to reach many of those that are lost in the area, while each member from Mount Juliet that participates in the campaign grows closer to God and each other. Spend a day on the campus of Heritage Christian University in Florence, Alabama, and you'll encounter a unique college experience. A four-year university with a graduate program, HCU, excels in one major, Bible. It's all about souls, is their slogan. For more than 48 years, HCU's single purpose has been to prepare those who will devote their lives to preparing others for eternity. Since 1968, they have trained people for a real-world ministry. Graduates leave HCU with a passion for evangelism and building healthy churches that have impacted the world. Alumni serve in 37 states and 22 countries with an untold influence for generations to come. Your support is helping make a worldwide impact. Do you know of any recent graduates who are burdened by heavy college debt? 
HCU believes that new ministers are best positioned for success when they can graduate from college debt-free. While studying at HCU, students save on their education during and after school. Most on-campus students enjoy their tuition paid thanks to the gifts from generous donors like the Mount Juliet Congregation. The Legacy Scholarship for full-time on-campus students covers all tuition remaining after a Pell Grant has been applied. Perhaps you know someone who could benefit from this scholarship. Heritage University is all about souls, and it starts with people like you. Your desire to prepare effective preachers, Bible teachers, and missionaries is making a kingdom difference. For all of you who support HCU in so many ways, they are deeply grateful. To learn more about HCU, please visit www.hcu.edu or stop by our display in the lobby. You can share the good news with students around the world from the comfort of your own home or office through the internet or by correspondence. We have two programs that help you do this. With more teachers, we can even reach more souls. World English Institute, also called WEI, uses the Bible to teach English. You do not need to be an expert in English. As a native English speaker, you know what sounds right. The material teaches itself and grading is automated. A student's lesson can be processed in less than 10 minutes. We are starting 800 Bible studies each month with students from every nation of the world. You can choose students from a country that you have a heart for reaching. If you want to sow the good seed from the convenience of your computer, tablet, or smartphone, please contact Daniel Nordstrom. Lee Allen from WEI is also here today. Lee will be at the WEI table in the foyer after service to answer questions on how you can partner in spreading the gospel. World Bible School, also called WBS, offers both postal mail and internet Bible lessons. In 2015, Mount Juliet WBS teachers spread the gospel to 1,700 new students in 18 countries of North and South America and 62 additional countries across the globe. Students in the jail ministry are extremely receptive. Some jails only allow baptisms at certain times during the year, and we have to often have students that are on a waiting list to be baptized. You can also do WBS lessons from your home or on your own time schedule. Training is easy and WBS streamlines your mission work, freeing you to encourage your students' growing faith. Please join us in this ministry. Just stop by our WBS table today or see Brandon Adcock, Jerry Reynolds, or Waldine Richardson at any time. Since 1961, Eastern European Mission, EEM, has been providing God's word to the people of Russia, Ukraine, and Eastern Europe in their own languages. For many years, EEM was famous for finding ways to get Bibles through the Iron Curtain. Then in 18, 1989, God brought down the wall. With the demise of communism and the birth of new freedoms, Bibles no longer had to be smuggled in. American Christians rushed to preach the word in every Eastern European country. In addition to Bibles, EEM developed biblical literature in more than 20 languages. These free materials are provided to public schools, libraries and universities, orphanages, hospitals and prisons, as well as churches, campaign groups, and to individuals all over Eastern Europe. Communism created a lingering moral void. Many in those nations are concerned about the future of their young people. Some have decided that the Bible should be the basis for bringing up the next generation and are working to make that happen. 
Beginning in the late 1990s, entire oblasts, those are equivalent to our states, in Russia, through a Russian minister of education, asked EEM to supply all of their schools with enough Bibles and biblical literature so that each student could thoroughly study the Bible. In 2008, the move into the schools in Ukraine began with 1,187 schools in Donetsk. Opportunities have now arisen in Romania and Croatia. With the conclusion of this project, Bibles and biblical materials in Russia, Ukraine, Romania, and Croatia will have reached more than 3,500,000 students in nearly 16,000 schools. To God, they give all the credit and praise. EEM's mission can be summed up by this. The Bible, we want everyone to get it. The annual Nashville Eastern European Mission Dinner will be held March 10th at the factory in Franklin. To attend, please sign up on the sheet in the foyer. Our Greek evangelization and edification are centered in the Ammonia congregation in Athens, Greece, and in the church in Crete. The church in Mount Juliet began supporting this work in 2007. Alexander Milleritos, who spoke to us recently, works with his wife Eleni in the multicultural congregation that offers services in four different languages. They host monthly fellowship halls and an annual retreat uh, to visit Crete every few weeks to encourage the small congregation there. The Ammonia congregation is very urban and mobile. Baptisms occur every year. Also, many people move there. The economy has been a negative factor as well. This year, the refugees from Syria have been a big part of the ministry of the Ammonia congregation. Now, they've been provided uh, with food, water, and warm clothing by the church. Alexander says they would like American Christians to come to their annual retreat. You can teach lessons or simply be available for four days of worship and Bible study at a hotel by the Aegean Sea. They also need workers for their Let's Start Talking outreach. Detailed information about this is available at their table out in the foyer. The goal for this work is that it will continue to grow and that each Christian there will mature in the faith. They enjoy showing Greek hospitality to all who visit and especially pray that the Syrian crisis can be resolved soon. Stephen Dedion and his family are currently members of our congregation, but the mission area he represents is Strasbourg, France. Strasbourg is the largest city of eastern France and differs from the rest of France in that it is heavily populated with independent thinking, Bible-believing Protestants. The preacher there is Daniel Freyreau, son of a missionary and elder from Vervey, Belgium, where Fried Hardeman has a study abroad program based in the church building. Daniel and Tammy have two adopted daughters. You may have met Daniel when about three months ago, he and two other brothers visited our congregation. The Mount Juliet congregation began partial support of this work in July of last year, one year after Stefan's family became members of our congregation. Stefan is hoping to serve as an ambassador of the church there while living here. As for the 15-year-old French congregation, as it's been gradually losing their support, they feel very blessed to have the Mount Juliet congregation helping them now. Stefan's dream is for his family to be one of the Strasbourg Church's main supporters and to possibly eventually reach out to Paris as well. Another long-term goal is for the church there to be able to appoint elders and deacons and to support a full-time preacher. 
Our Ukrainian mission work is located in Krasnomysk, a small town about 40 miles west of the larger city of Donetsk, a city of over a million. We help support the church in Krasnomysk with their minister, Sasha Rodinov. His family includes wife Julia and daughter Lyra. Our support of this congregation has been going on for 22 years now. It was originally established in 1994 by Steve Hale, our pulpit minister at the time, along with several others. Some of you have been able to visit and work with this congregation in person throughout the years. This church has remained steadfast in spite of its many past struggles. A growing number of young people have been added to the church. There also have been three or four recent baptisms, two of which were refugees from nearby war-torn Donetsk. The church is also still hosting Bible studies at a shelter for the youth. This congregation is small physically, but strong spiritually. The friendly and hospitable members continue to meet despite the threat of persecution from the current war. They still need a permanent place to meet, which is one of our most present, uh, pressing current goals. Our greater dream is to see significant growth in this congregation so that they can become self-sustaining. Thank you, Kevin. Kevin announced that someone had left their phone here earlier, and I can tell you that uh, someone is trying to reach you tonight, so you might want to come claim that phone later. The South Sudan Project is located in Africa, in the new country of South Sudan, just south of Egypt. Centered in Pajak, a village of over 50,000 located in the peaceful southern part of South Sudan, our congregation began overseeing this work eight years ago. Our goal is to train South Sudanese men to take the gospel to the South Sudanese in their own language and culture. To facilitate this, we constructed a building for the South Sudan Bible School, which houses and trains 20 new preachers per session. They study the Bible all day, five days a week, for three and a half months. This provides them with the Bible knowledge and ability to take the gospel back to their villages. A clinic has also been established, the only medical facility within a day's travel. An average 50 people a day are treated there. People in that area all know that it is the Church of Christ that has saved the lives of many in their families. We support a staff of 14 on our 26-acre campus. This includes three full-time teachers in the Bible school plus a clinic staff of six. Through the South Sudan Project, we also now support 34 South Sudanese preachers sharing the gospel with hundreds of thousands of refugees still in South Sudanese refugee camps. The school and clinic opened five years ago. Since then, God has blessed this work with more than a thousand baptisms and the establishment of at least 50 congregations. So far, 140 new preachers have graduated from level one of our school 40 from level two, and 10 recently from level three, our highest level of training. Our dream is that God will continue to bless the work in the future as richly as he has in the last five years. The Mount Juliet Church of Christ just started a partnership with Cy Stafford in Tanzania last October. Tanzania, formerly known as Tanzania, is a country south of Kenya in East Africa. Cy Stafford is the director over Tanzania Missions, including the Andrew Connolly School of Preaching in Arusha, located just west of Mount Kilimanjaro and east of the Serengeti. 
Besides their classroom studies, every other Saturday, the School of Preaching students go out two by two to conduct Bible studies. Each Sunday, they serve by teaching, preaching, and working with more mature evangelists. Graduates preaching the word to receptive souls has resulted in thousands being baptized and hundreds of churches being planted over the last 15 years. Many in Tanzania are hearing the truth for the first time in their lives. Sai and Stephanie Stafford have lived in Tanzania for over 20 years. Sai is currently battling leukemia, which came on suddenly and intensely. During his aggressive treatment, Sai flatlined. While he came back to life and his heart began beating again, Sai immediately began preaching in the Swahili language and coordinating mission work details from his hospital bed. Sharing the gospel is his passion. We need to pray for Sai and for Stephanie. Mount Juliet has a short-term mission trip planned to Tanzania called Safari for Souls, scheduled for late October this year. We are recruiting 12 team members. Half of our 12-member Mount Juliet mission team is in place already. And if you are willing and able to travel to Tanzania later this year, please contact Clint or Lacey Haynes or Daniel Nordstrom. This is a great opportunity. As Sai likes to say about his mission work in Tanzania, come see us if you truly want to experience first century Christianity alive and well in the 21st century. We've been helping Brad and Estelle Willits with Bible translation work in Guinea, West Africa for 28 years. Because of the current hostility towards Christians, I need to warn you, this information is only for us and should not be published. Brad and Estelle are currently based in Brame, Italy so that Brad can travel more easily to supervise translation projects. Reliable internet access and electricity there make work more efficient. But they still spend two months of the year in Guinea. The Susu language had never been written before. After producing a dictionary and primer, the Bible is being translated and printed in three volumes. The New Testament was completed three years ago. And the entire Bible should be available this March. The recorded Bible is available on MP3, and many local people listen on their cell phones. Esso helps women care for infants when the mother has died by providing milk, cereal, and hygiene training. She has helped Milk Babies become a nonprofit organization recognized by the government. To date, they have helped 1,148 children survive. The country was recently a center of the Ebola virus epidemic. Most Americans evacuated to other countries, but there was one local Christian woman who continued to carry milk to families in need. None of the babies in the Milk Babies program was affected by the Ebola epidemic. Brad has now completed the Susu translation work. The Susu Bibles will be distributed this year. Through this exercise, Brad helps 14 other Bible translation projects in two other countries. Their dream is that many will be brought to the Lord through the sharing of the gospel in their home language. They also hope that children who have lived, thanks to milk babies, may go to school and grow up healthy. Their success can change attitudes regarding Christians and ultimately reduce this persecution. Since September of 2014, the Mount Juliet congregation has supported Ryan and Sarah Davis as they work in the Andes Mountains of South America with the Iglesia de Cristo Ayu, or Ayu Church of Christ, located in Cusco, Peru. 
This is a steadily growing, passionate congregation of the Lord's Church that was first established in 2010 by three families of Fried Hardman graduates. Now averaging more than 100 in attendance on Sundays, the congregation's goal is to be light in the community. The missionaries, but more importantly, the members of the Either Church of Christ strive to share the light of Christ through evangelism methods such as group Bible studies that meet weekly throughout the city's members' homes and through one-on-one -on -one Bible studies. They believe in drawing the community to the light through physical demonstration of God's love, such as free medical clinics and frequent service projects for the community, the local orphanages, and underprivileged schools. The Cusco work achieved a milestone in January when they set off church members Elvis Cacon, his wife Yolanda, and Percy Avalos to a Latin American Bible Institute where they will study for four years with the goal of returning to the church in Cusco as full-time ministers. The number one goal of the Cusco mission team is to work themselves out of a job. They don't want to just preach, teach, and do one-on-one -on -one studies themselves. They want to teach the members to preach, teach, and become personal evangelists who can help but share Christ in their daily conversations and friends and family. Ryan and Sarah want to express gratitude to the Mount Juliet congregation for your continued support and to invite you to join them the last week in July for a community outreach mission trip. You can contact Todd Burka for more information. The Cap Haitian Children's Home, which has provided care for children for more than 25 years, is our newest, is, is new on our list of supported mission points for 2016. The home offers love, shelter, and daily necessities and education and spiritual guidance to 23 children, ranging in age from 5 to 17. Capation Haiti, a lovely tourist destination of around 190,000 population, located on a bay in the Caribbean, was once the capital city. It is bordered on the east by the Dominican Republic. John and Jessica Marble are the American directors and administrators working under the oversight of the Southwest Church of Christ in Ada, Oklahoma. The couple made a three-year commitment, which began in January of 2014. John is the older brother of our associate minister, Jody Marble. I hope you can see the resemblance. The children's home is designed uh, after the house parent model, with a set of Haitian house parents for the girls and another set for the boys. Two nannies help with the youngest children, and this model allows the children to be raised by Haitians rather than Americans so that they will be better equipped to live on their own in their own country when they are older. Along with the children's home, a school serves first through sixth graders of 230 students. John and Jessica oversee the day-to-day -day children's home operations. They also teach Bible in the orphanage school and teach English to the staff of the children, as well as in the community and at the local preaching school. The goal of the Capation Children's Home is to raise children and families to become productive Christians who will spread God's kingdom in Haiti. John and Jessica hope to visit us in April, and they look forward to getting to know us when they visit. In June of 2010, the Mount Juliet Church of Christ embarked on a journey to oversee a new mission point in Belém, Brazil. Through this effort, we became directly and primarily responsible for the development, sending, and ongoing support of a missionary team. That team is the family of Nick and Amy Fowler. As our partners in this work, Nick and Amy faithfully served their initial five-year commitment 
but in 2015 elected to extend that commitment an additional two years. Married for 12 years, they have two children, Jonah who turns eight next week and Sarah who is now three, was born in Belain and she's the only member of the family who has dual citizenship. Amy's the daughter of our very own Buddy and Sissy Pickler and sister to Marie Keff. Belain with a population of over two million is a bustling port city near the mouth of the Amazon River and is located just two degrees south of the equator. They really experienced just two primary seasons, wet and wetter. Cut out from the surrounding rainforest region in the 1600s, the city boasts a long history and heritage with roots in Catholicism and Spiritism. Each year in October, many of the eight million residents from the surrounding state of Pará converge on the city of Belém to take part in a month-long idol celebration. But now fully immersed in the Brazilian culture and fluent in Portuguese, the Fowlers are diligent in making disciples of Christ capable of teaching others and growing leaders for the Lord's Church in Belém. In the past several months, God has granted the increase of five new souls who have put Christ on in baptism. If it's God's will, our dream is for the congregation of new Christians in Belém to become established and to be recognized as a light for Brazil. We first became involved in the El Salvador mission work after an earthquake there in 2001. We helped build a building for the San Augustine congregation, which was meeting in a rented building that was destroyed by that earthquake. The churches and ministers we have helped support, both financially and with medical and evangelistic campaigns, are Victor Bonilla in Alta Vista and Perulapan. We do that in conjunction with the Center Chapel congregation. Jeremiah Zalea in Santa Elena, Daniel Zalea in San Augustine, Oscar Zalea of San Francisco Javier, Carlos Maria Hernandez of La Cruz, and Enrique Rodriguez of Tanaka Tepeque. And we do that in conjunction with the Franklin congregation. When we began our El Salvador work, the only congregation that was meeting was St. Augustine. We established San Francisco Javier, Alta Vista, La Cruz, Santa Elena, Tanaka Tepeque, and Perulapan and hope to start a congregation in Apopa this March. One infamous year, our Mount Juliet mission team practically shut down a hotel due to their own illness. They had to close the clinic one day early so that their medical staff could tend to our own team. Like most countries in Central America, El Salvador is struggling with their economy and their political environment. All of our congregations have members who struggle just to make daily ends meet. Our dream for this work is that eventually the congregations there will become self-sufficient. And finally tonight, I will introduce you to the work in Laos. Laos is a country in which Christians cannot legally share their faith. So Michael and Chris Bowen, who we have helped support for the two years there, have been on the field and they measure their progress in terms of relationships created. Michael and Chris serve in the hospital and medical school in, v in Vien Vientiane, Laos, in Southeast Asia. They consider their part of the work to seek people and God's part to open doors and hearts to the gospel. During their two years in Laos, they have expanded their influence into two hospitals, 6,000 medical students, and a safe house for at-risk women. 
Their team recently also started working with two groups of young people, believers who have been brought to Christ but have remained undernourished in the Word of God. The team's goal is to teach these new Christians to go out and make other disciples. They want the Mount Juliet Church to realize that missionaries are not part of God's plan to reach the lost, but that the church is God's plan to reach the lost. The gates of hell can easily withstand our efforts alone, but Jesus says they cannot and will not stand against his church. Michael and Chris want to continue to reach out to new places so that they can spread the message wide as, as a net as possible, creating many new relationships. Their dream is to open a gym in Vientiane to reach young men in the community and to teach them how to become men of character. Daniel. Thank you, Doug, and thank you, Kevin. And wow, that was encouraging. We just heard about thousands of souls being added to the kingdom and uh, hundreds of new congregations being started in all the different, many, many countries and different languages. And thinking about the languages reminded me of a time when Gina and I were first married and we were living in Germany and we were going on a, a date night to a pizza hut in Luxembourg. In Luxembourg, they speak French. And I thought, what better way to impress my new bride than to order in French? The one problem, I'm not fluent in French. So I, I rehearsed a, a line in my mind and I thought, oh, I can do this. So the server came over, she's smiling and uh, the words got all jumbled up in my mind and they didn't come out right. And I said something like, uh, je voudrais une grande pepperoni pizza, mit Fanta, de naranja, por favor. The, the smile left her face because somehow I, in one sentence I managed to use four languages, French, German, uh, Italian, and Spanish. And she's looked down at me and said, so, you want a large pepperoni pizza with orange Fanta? I was like, yes please. <laughs> I, I did make an impression on Gina, it just uh, wasn't the one I was, I was aiming for. And, Languages can be a problem here on earth, but in, in heaven they will not be. And we see a glimpse of that, talking about Jesus in heaven in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. Um, they said, and you are worthy uh, to take the scroll and open its seals, because you were slain, and have redeemed us to God by your blood, out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And I'm so thankful that one day we will be worshiping God with our Christian brothers and sisters around the world. What a wonderful day that will be. If you can go to, uh, skip a slide and, and go to uh, the one with the children. Thank you. And uh, planning for South Sudan in the, in the luggage, uh, when you're packing, every square inch and every ounce is accounted for. And if you go over by one ounce, believe me, the airlines will make you pay. But somehow in the luggage, we are usually able to pack a few gifts. And here we got to take a break and, and hand out some gifts. The children here are either orphans or they are very poor. And they're receiving some shorts that were sewn here and also some stuffed animals. And at first they were a little bit nervous, but then after you know, they were told, hey, you can enjoy yourselves, relax a little bit, they really got into it and were having fun and using their imagination and playing and just a, a great time. And I noticed that there was a small crowd gathering um, a little bit further away. 
and they were outside the fence and they were looking at what was going on and I thought, oh, maybe we have a few more gifts, but we had given them all away. There, there weren't any more. We, we didn't have any more to give, give out. So these children received nothing. And that's the way it goes with benevolence. And if, in a way, if you're helping one group and saying yes to one group, you're saying no to another. You eventually run out. You eventually run out of medicine and clothes and food. So you can't help everybody. And if you can't help everybody, what, do we just give up? Do we just not do anything, not help? Well, I'd say, yes, we do. And we know on the day of judgment in Matthew 25, the king will say, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, you did it to me. So we can help one, and we can probably help one more. But unlike benevolence, and we're giving gifts, there is a gift of God that we can give that is without end. It's not limited by space, and we don't need to exclude anyone behind the fence. And of course, I'm talking about the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of God's son. And we can share that without limit. And we have a responsibility to share that. And I hope that we as a congregation will feel that responsibility and feel a burden. And by a burden, I don't mean to load a, a heavy load of guilt on your shoulders, but how about this? If you have a child and your child is sick, you might say, I, have a, I feel a burden for my sick child. But it's not out of a burden of drudgery. You do that because you, you love your child and you want to care for them. And the Christian life is a life of love. And if we love others, we will feel burdened and we will want to help them. And that's part of our journey. Please turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we'll look at a few verses here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 21. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing or charging their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In that word reconcile, is a, a restoration of favor, or like to restore a relationship, you know, to, to, to settle differences, to be at peace. And you can see Paul here, writing through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we can see that, you, you know, pleading, imploring, and I, I don't use that word imploring very much, but it means begging, you know, begging. And you can almost, it's almost as if Paul is saying, hey, look at the gift that you can receive, or look at what you're passing up if you're not reconciled to God. And it's so amazing to have peace in your relationships. Have you ever had a time where all of your relationships were, you were at peace with everybody around you? That, and you, someone may say, well, I had a few minutes back in the 90s it was that way, but uh, not, never since then. But I mean, just think in heaven, if you're at peace with God and in heaven, we'll be at peace with everybody. 
How awesome will that be? It will just be incredible. And our God is a giving God. We cannot outgive God. And one of the things God has given us, he has given us people in our lives. He doesn't want us to be overwhelmed, but we need to be looking at those people that God has placed in our lives and share his amazing gift. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And I ask that we, as a congregation, well, I ask that that we pray and, and think about this, that we will be as effective as we can be. And again, it's so encouraging to hear all the mission points and what's going on and all the, the new mission activities that were undertaken and all the people going on mission trips and the gospel being shared and the seeds being sowed. But let's keep praying that we can be as effective as we can be and add one more. We pray, please pray for wisdom, pray for workers, that donors will be blessed, and pray that we'll be generous with sharing God's gift and that we will all join in the effort. If you are here tonight and you have not turned to God and put on his son in baptism, you can do that tonight. Please turn with me to Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. And you probably have this verse memorized, but if you just take a look at this, Galatians 3, 27, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And you can see the, the symbolism there. It's almost like putting on clothes, like putting on an outer garment. You know, in Revelation, you can see it as a, a white, pure robe that we're putting on. One way I like to think about this is um, putting on a parachute. Like, when I would go to the jet to fly, I, had, I took my parachute with me. Now, I trusted my parachute. I did. I, I believed it could save me. You could even say I had faith in my parachute. But if I brought the parachute out to the aircraft and I just threw it in there, but I didn't put it on, my crew chief would be, say something like, you know, hey, you're going to strap in, right? Like, no, I, I'm good. I, I believe in it. I have faith in my, sh- my parachute. I'm good. It's like, well, that's not how it works. You'd say, you need to strap it on. You need to make sure your harness is connected. And just like that, we need to be uh, in Christ where all the blessings are. And if you're not in Christ, you can put on Jesus in baptism tonight. God wants all to be saved, 1 Timothy 2 and verse 4. But that's his will. But it, God gives us a choice, and we can override his will. And I imagine that when we override God's will in that regard, that it hurts him. And it also hurts us, and it hurts those around us. And if tonight, maybe you have walked away from the blessings that God is giving in Christ, you can be reconciled to God, and we can offer that tonight. So if you want to put on Christ in baptism tonight, we can do that right now. And if there's something in your life that we can pray with you, we would love to be the family of God. And won't you come now as we stand and as we sing?